Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Welcome to another edition of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm happy to connect with you this week. So, This week, we are going to continue with a conversation about the holidays. Last week, I did a little gift guide, and hopefully that was helpful and you enjoyed it. It was a super simple episode where I just went over some ideas that I've had for the holidays. This week, we're going to talk a little bit more about the emotional side of the holidays, as well as just the winter in general. I live in Canada, and we definitely experience challenging winters. There's not a lot of light, and we, or at least the days are short. I shouldn't say there's not light, but the days feel very short at times. It can be really challenging. So we're going to talk about some of the stress that goes along with the holidays, which can be exciting, but also frantic and stressful at times, and then move into talking about winter, which can feel depressing. We know we have Blue Monday in January, which is one of the most challenging days of the year mentally for people. And a lot of people talk about the winter blahs and what that is and why that happens. So this is why I wanted to talk to today's guest. She's a licensed clinical social worker, and her name is Miranda Barker. She's going to help us to find some tools to deal with these challenging times and situations, and hopefully then we'll all come out of winter a little bit more healthy and stronger and feeling great. So hopefully if you are leading into the holidays and maybe feeling a little stressed about the situation or feeling uncertain about how to handle somebody that you're going to see over the holidays or maybe there's a gathering that you go to every year and you're just like oh no. I think with COVID being gone a lot of us are back into doing the family stuff, the friend stuff, everything at the holidays, and it can feel challenging. And it sometimes brings back this, yay, we get to do this again feeling. But I think for some people, it also can bring back some anxiety and some worry around these situations and about what might happen. So hopefully this conversation today with Miranda can help you to get started. Uh, She's got some really great ideas. So join me in welcoming Miranda Barker to the podcast. So welcome, Miranda, to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start with you providing a bit about your background and how you got into social work? I am a therapist at LA Mental Health, and I specialize in adoption and families. I initially got my bachelor's in social work and then I worked in adoption for several years before getting my master's. And then I worked in child protection investigations and now as a therapist. Oh, wow. That sounds great. And did you have like a specific motivation or did you just find it really interesting? Oh, good question. So I was like the typical high schooler. I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. Um, And I actually had adoption and foster care in my own family. And so I decided you know, this is something that's really important to me. It's passion. It's something I'm passionate about and was excited to, wanted to help families come together in that way. 
And so that's kind of where it started. I had I had social workers in and out of my house all growing up. I have two siblings that were adopted mm-hmm. and then um, decided to get my bachelor's in social work. And then, um, yeah, slowly made my way to my master's and now working as a therapist. And I actually still work with a lot of adoptees and parents that adopted uh, children through the foster care system and then um, birth parents as well. Oh, wow. That's great. I'm sure it's very useful work for sure. Oh, and so, oh, that's great. Um, I know we had talked about chatting a little bit about children and then also focusing on the holidays, which can be like a really challenging, stressful time for people and and for others who maybe um, don't have a family network or aren't connected. It can even be a sad time. And so I wondered how we can best work through some of our feelings to figure out where we're at over the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. So the holidays are challenging for so many people. And, you know, I actually always see an uptick in therapy referrals or have Mm -hmm. clients that need to meet more regularly during this time because it is really hard. I mean, I know that we talk about this being the most wonderful time of the year, but Mm -hmm. um, it is really hard for, for people who are going through grief and loss or, you know, aren't have difficult family dynamics or for even those who have struggled with like seasonal depression, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, for the clients that I that I'm working with that are experiencing grief or loss during the holidays, I typically like to ask them how they are honoring or remembering that person throughout this time of year. Um, I've had some clients that ask everyone to at the dinner table to like share their favorite holiday memory of the departed mm-hmm. uh, or if they celebrate Christmas, they get a special ornament to hang on the tree for that person and I think that um, taking things slow and recognizing that this is hard and um, it's okay to struggle because it is a hard time of year for a lot of people. And for anyone that's struggling just in general, I think that it's important to reflect on this struggle a little bit and to give yourself space to feel that emotion and even explore it a little bit deeper. You might do that through like journaling or therapy or talking to someone that you trust, but this can just ultimately help you feel less alone in your thoughts and, and understand how to cope. That makes sense. And I know there can be sort of that feeling in the holidays of like something's off, you know, it's not looking like that picture perfect thing that I maybe thought it was going to be. So that's a great tip about spending some time journaling for sure. Oh yeah. I, I also always want to remind people to just think about your go-to coping skills. Um, I think that, when we are out of town or out of routine, it's so easy to neglect some of the things that really help us calm down or relax or feel at peace. And so, which is just hard because that's when we need it most, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even just thinking about, you know, things that help you calm down or feel at peace, that could be going for walks or spending time with doing your hobbies or doing something creative, listening to music, meditating, that sort of thing. It can, can really be helpful to to get through this time of year. Yes, absolutely. 
And I wondered if you had any advice specifically for parents. I know so many parents are managing lots of demands during this time, be it, you know, the gift giving side of things or preparing the house or maybe managing um, older parents uh, and different things like that. So there's a lot going on. And how can they manage all of those demands and come out, you know, not maybe feeling frazzled at the end of the season? Oh my gosh, I think so many people can relate to this question. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever I think about demands, I think about expectations. I think about where are my expectations for myself or my family or what I can commit to this time of year. And, and even like where are my partner's expectations and my family's expectations. And I think that sometimes all of those expectations combined can, can feel so demanding and feel like we have to be doing everything. And Mm -hmm. this is really the time of year that we need to be over communicators, you know, and talking to, if you're in a partnership, talking to them, whose side, whose side of the family are we going to be with on Christmas or on this holiday, or how long are we going to be there? And, and talking to those family members and, um, and over communicating those boundaries and, and those plans, because these are the things that we need to be communicating so that, we're setting other expectations and, and taking some of that demand off of off of ourselves. But, you know, as I was thinking about this question, too, I was thinking about how for parents, there are so many things you could be doing with your child this time of year. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to compare ourselves to, you know, the mom that hand glued a felt advent calendar together and had like amazing activities for their child to do every day, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking of anyone in particular, but (laughs) I, I think it's so easy to, to get swept up in, in this, this need to make, to make this the most magical time of year or to, to do certain things so that your child has the best possible holiday season. And, um, and then I, for the parents that feel that way or that that feel all of those demands, I I usually will say, like, why don't you spend some time reflecting on your own childhood? Reflect on what important traditions you remember or that you cherish from, from growing up. And, you know, if there's ones that you want to carry over and and even just thinking about, like, what do I remember about these holidays? What was important to me? Because I think that that puts some perspective in, in some people, just it helps them remember that, you know, it doesn't have to be over the top. It doesn't have to be, you know, like you don't have to get all of the, all of the gifts that your child could possibly want. Because in reality, you know, like that's, that's not always what, what's best for our child. And it's not necessarily what's needed too. But I want parents who are listening to this to, think about what you want your child to cherish and remember about this time. And like um, one of my favorite memories from my childhood and uh, in this time of year was just driving around with hot cocoa, looking at lights displays and, you know, it's, it's free. It's, it's something that's small. And, and that was just an important tradition in my family. And so I think that whatever it is for you, you know, figure out what's important to you this time of year, communicate those expectations with your partner, your extended family, chosen family, et cetera, and then give yourself some grace to let go of the rest of those demands or expectations. 
Yes, no, absolutely. You're right. There are so many things that just kind of keep coming at you. And you're right. The social media piece is definitely one that like, then you see, oh, they went to this Christmas market last weekend. Or, oh, Mm -hmm. wow, they cut their own Christmas tree or, you know, and it just starts to become this like, am I not doing this right feeling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you're right. It's it's not all of those things that are remembered in the end. So that's a great perspective to kind of keep. Um, I wondered, you know, sort of the flip side, I guess, of sometimes during the holidays, we end up spending time with people that we don't see very often. And, you know, it might be extended family or others. And sometimes it can be challenging because you don't have that sort of relationship. And that person may, may be challenging to you, like they may not agree with certain things, they may have a totally different um, way of life and frame of reference for everything. And it, it can it can sometimes bring up conflict. And I wondered if you had any advice for people that are maybe a little nervous to, you know, go to the family gathering with so-and-so that they're, they're worried about conflict with, how can they best, um, at best get there, I guess, and, and enjoy themselves? Yeah. Um, this is a question that I have been getting a lot recently. I think that a lot of people are feeling anxious about, you know, family drama, coming up with a game plan, that sort of thing. And so my advice to people who are feeling that way is always to know your boundaries and to have an exit plan. Um, And so if you are already feeling anxious about some family drama or just challenging family members, maybe conflict, um, I, I would recommend coming up with a game plan now. You know, what are you not willing to talk about? Is there a way that you can communicate this ahead of time? Um, you know, what comes to mind is last year I went through a, a pretty significant loss right before the holidays. And I was so worried that this would be brought up constantly and I would be reminded of this constantly with my family. And so mm-hmm. I actually communicated with my mom and with other family members ahead of time. But I just said, hey, I am not in a place that I can talk about this loss yet. And so if let's, I'm not feeling up for this conversation right now. If we can, if we can hold off on, on talking about this and they were able to respect my boundaries and, and show love and that they were there for me in other ways. Um, and so if you are able to communicate some of that, some of like the, you know, like in bowling, if you can, if you can imagine the bumpers, right. Mm -hmm, If you mm -hmm. you can communicate some of those boundaries or the bumpers ahead of time that can always be helpful. And it can, it can help you feel less anxious going into the holidays too. But now let's say your family, you know, doesn't, doesn't get along in, in some of those, those areas that you were talking about, but, and maybe, you know, you could say ahead of time that you're hoping to enjoy family time without Mm -hmm. talking about that sort of stuff. And, um, but you're also allowed to, to have practiced responses like, Hey, I don't want to talk about that right now. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling up for this conversation. However, I mean, I know that for some families that that wouldn't necessarily work, but um, if you are feeling like you need to engage in the conversation, I think um, a really common couples therapy tool that, that we talk about a lot is making sure that you're using I statements instead of you statements. And so shifting that focus and, and making people less defensive. So if you're having, you know, really emotional, hard conversations saying to someone, 
I think this or, hey, I need this or I want this um, is a lot more likely to result in like a positive response and a positive conversation than saying something like, oh, well, you should, you should, you are this or making overgeneralizations. I think um, just being aware of the language that we use can can help set the tone in some of those hard conversations. But I also want to say, like, you are allowed to go take a walk or find a quiet place to go sit and be apart from your family members at times. I mean, get up and go make yourself a cup of tea or go take a nap because some of those times in those conversations can be emotionally exhausting. Mm. So um, certainly if, you know, it's, it's up to you to know when to break away and get some space, but remember that you aren't obligated to stick around for every opportunity or every activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I think, I think it really comes up a lot because in many cases, you might be going to your childhood home or something like that, where it sort of puts you back in that feeling of I'm less in charge. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that makes sense. Like just reminding that like, you don't have to do everything you could take a walk, you could take a nap, you could not go um, to certain things, right? Mm -hmm. Like we often forget that it's sort of we get in that obligation mode. Yeah. So one like small thing that my partner and I always do, regardless of, of whose family's house we're going to, we just go into it with the expectation of you and I are going to go take a walk at some point today or while we're here. And, and just knowing that, okay, you know, we're at, we're at your mom's house. And, and so at some point we're just on the same page that we're going to go take a walk together. And I think that that's so helpful to kind of rejoin with your partner and be like, oh, we, you and I just need to get away for a second and be like, Hey, are you okay? Is that, is everything going okay? Do we need to leave early or something like that? But um, certainly taking breaks and, you know, taking walks or going to go take a nap or something is, is something that I encourage if you're having a hard time. Yeah. That's almost like a check-in where you can kind of go off and have a little check-in with each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Absolutely. great. Okay, perfect. So I think those are some great tips for holidays. I mean, of course, the holidays can be blissful, right? I don't want everyone to think that it's, you know, all negative, but there's definitely those hard feelings. So I think that's really helpful. Um, I wondered if we could kind of switch gears to the post-holiday time. I know that January can be a really tough time. That's kind of when we have Blue Monday um, and we head into a lot of that gray weather, at least in Canada, it's, it's really gray at times and snowy mm-hmm. and cold. And so we can see the winter blahs setting in for sure. I wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about that time and why it feels so difficult. Why does it happen? And then how can we be ready this year to cope for that? Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize you were in Canada. I in, in Minnesota. And so I, okay. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I get it. We, the winter blues, the winter blahs at it all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very common in areas where there's less sunlight certain times of the year, or when people yeah. have to sit indoors too much because of the cold. I was driving to work this morning in in a snowstorm. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, more snow. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I, I feel that, but um, again, like these winter blues, these winter blahs, they're, they're so common for people who are living in some of these climates. And, um, and I, I like to point people back to 
again, like the list of coping skills that I mentioned before. I mean, there's so many lists of coping skills on the internet and I'd be happy to send you one to include in the notes if that would be helpful. Oh, but, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an exercise that I like to do with clients if they're struggling with the winter blues is to go through a list of coping skills, cross out the ones that you've tried that don't work for you because not every coping skill is going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Circle the skills that you've tried in the past that do typically work in reducing your stress or improving your mood and then underline the ones that you're willing to try. And so it kind of opens, opens you up to, okay, these are ones that I, that I've done in the past that are helpful. These are ones that maybe I should be trying and then to put the list somewhere where it can be a visual reminder to try one of these things. And um, I even like to challenge a lot of my clients to pick a new skill to try, you know, every week or every day and then journal whether or not that worked or, you know, to have check-ins during therapy on, you know, what coping skills are, are we using? And um, I like to encourage them to treat it like an experiment, kind of like mm-hmm. you're an observer, you're seeing, okay, I'm trying to see what works for me because what works for some people is, is not going to be what is the magic coping skill for me. And so um, I think, and, and there's multiple coping skills for people. And so, um, yeah, I like to, to say, just go back to the coping skills, see what's helpful for you. And um, I also, if this is, if, if one of your listens, listeners is, is saying, oh my gosh, this is me, then um I would also challenge them to try an activity this summer that involves being outside during daylight hours. Um, So like, for example, my husband decided this winter that he was going to take up cross country skiing because he was going to try to be more active and find a way to enjoy the outdoors because it's so easy to just avoid it and be like, Oh, it's too cold outside. I'm not going to, not going to, you know, I'm not going to go out there. I'm not going to try this. And, and in reality there have been, just countless studies about how important it is for our sleep, our concentration and our mood to get outside for even just a short amount of time. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. And and I've definitely heard that like if you can find a winter like sport or activity, it definitely helps. Um, Cause then you're not just kind of waiting for the season to end. <laughs> right. Well, And you know what? I, one thing that I've heard a lot of good, a lot of good things about that I have not yet tried. Maybe I should try this winter, but um, is those like those, the light therapy lamps. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So sometimes they're called happy lamps and it's literally just a lamp that mimics the sun. But I have heard that those are so effective. And actually I have, we have quite a few clinicians at our practice that swear by them. And so I think that that might be something to try too. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing about whether you'd heard if those work well. Um, Because I've heard them as well. And and I kept thinking, Oh, I don't know, is it is it something that's real that so that's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I wondered if you could give a couple examples of the coping skills, just in case people are like, what does that mean? Like, what would be an example of something that might be on the list of coping skills? Yes. Um, Well, so my first thought is always meditation. And I know that it's not necessarily something for everyone, but it's something that can be so helpful. And there are so many apps out there nowadays for it that you can really find the right meditation for you, whether it's Headspace or Insight Timer or something else. It, it can be really helpful to, to meditate. Um, the other thing, things that I, 
that come to mind are um, journaling, playing an instrument, going for a walk, doing yoga, um, watching a feel-good movie, something that is, you know, like a comedy. I, I think that mm -hmm. one of my, one of my go-to coping skills, if I'm just like overwhelmed or stressed, is you know just to watch a comedy with my husband or something, and just be like, mm -hmm. let's just relax, let's watch something funny. Um, but other things might be, you know, playing with your pet, going, taking your dog for a walk, um, calling your family member. You know, all these different things can be such helpful skills that that help us decrease our anxiety and increase um, our happiness and can be helpful during the winter time, especially. No, that's great. And so a lot of those, like some of them are probably things people are doing anyway. And so they won't maybe feel like, oh, this is an extra set of things, but it's more like focusing in on what feels good for you. Absolutely. Definitely. Okay, that's great. And so I guess the other side of it, I wondered, is sometimes we also see challenges with our children during this time. You know, maybe they're feeling these winter blahs. Are there ways to best support them during the winter period so that they're feeling good as well? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, so I have a two-year-old daughter, and I know that when we were trekking from house to house over the holidays, her nap schedule and her sleep schedule gets all wonky and just the transitions are hard. And the number one thing that I recommend to people is just to try to find some routine, even like during the holidays, if your kids are, are used to being at school and you're, you're, you know, they're during, and they're not because of winter break. Um, mm -hmm. That sort of thing can be really helpful. Try to maintain some consistency um, or having like the typical bedtime routine, stuff like that. Um, and, and again, I think if you're in a, a climate that's cold or snowy or gets dark really early, um, it's so important for kiddos to get outside and to, to exercise and, and play and, and be in the sunlight because they, they feel the effects of the winter blues, maybe even more so than we do because they, they need that exercise. They need to move their little bodies and, and it's it's easy for us adults to be like, oh, it's too cold outside. Let's let's not mm -hmm. send them out or let's not you know, let's just do let's watch a movie or do something. But um, I can't emphasize how important it is to still bundle yourself up, bundle your kiddos up and get outside because um, there's just there's so many studies that speak to the importance of of outside and just exercise and activity for kids during this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that would be very similar for teens, right? Try to pry them away from the screens and. <laughs> right. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's a challenge. I'm sure everybody's feeling. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think even oh, in the winter time, it can be hard, but I think for teenagers, especially, you know, encouraging them to, to see friends, to spend some time, um, you know, with, with people outside of the house uh, so that they're not stuck indoors all the time. There are so many different clubs and sports and activities that um, can just be so helpful on for your teenager's mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, those are great tips. Um, I wondered before we wrap up, is there any other advice or um, tools or anything else that you wanted to share? You know, I was thinking about this a little bit and um, I would say try to think about the things that bring you really small joys. And what I mean by that is 
it's especially just in the political climate, spending time with families, just all of these demands and expectations around holidays and the wintertime. Try to just think about what are really small things that bring you joy um, and try to incorporate more of those into your life. And maybe those are some of the same things as the coping skills that we mentioned. But um, one thing that comes to mind for me is you know, drinking my coffee in the morning out of a real mug instead of a to-go cup and and just letting myself, letting my hands feel the warmth of the mug and drink it really slowly. And and, and that's something that feels so small, but it actually brings me a lot of joy in the mornings. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, or even, you know, lighting a candle or, you know, or reorganizing your closet. I don't know, just think of things that bring you joy and try to incorporate some of those into your everyday life. Because, um, it's so easy to neglect some of those things or say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'll do this later. When, um, when we think of like physical fitness, we would never just, you know, work out one time a week and be like, this is enough. Or we would never work out one time a year and be like, this is enough. But, Mm -hmm. um, our minds are similar where we need to devote time a little bit at a time every day. And sometimes it's just those, those little joys or, you know, incorporating some of those coping skills that can make a really big difference on your overall mental health. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And you're right, like, we don't always prioritize those pieces. So yeah, try to maybe make a little list and and see how many you can build in. Yeah, I'll send you a list. And so then you can share it with your with your listeners. I think it's helpful to have like a visual or just a list of things to go to. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, perfect. So thank you so much, Miranda. How can listeners find out more about you? Is there a place online or through social media that they can um, interact with you in the future? Yeah, so I am the host of a podcast called The Therapist Thrival Guide. And it's a podcast specifically for new therapists and mental health professionals that are learning how to be an effective therapist. And so if you have therapist friends, um, send them my way because I love... I love um, helping therapists and mental health professionals really thrive in in their roles. And then I'm also the executive producer of an online TV show called Out Loud with Erin Pash. And this is an online talk show that focuses on mental health and well-being that can be found on YouTube. Okay. Wow, that's very cool. All right, perfect. Well, I will be sure to link up to those in the show notes and, and then hopefully people can find you easily. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. I appreciate all of your time today. Thank you so much to Miranda Barker for her time and going through all of these wonderful ideas about how to get through the holidays, the challenging parts of it. I think we can all get through the exciting parts, but it's those really challenging conversations that we get into or maybe get-togethers that we're not sure about, or maybe it's that you have to work through the holidays and you don't know how you're going to handle that. It could be any of those things. And then as we move into the winter, we also know that it can be a really challenging time. Some of the things that really spoke to me were the conversation that we had around remembering that we're adults and we're allowed to choose what we're involved in. We're allowed to give ourselves a break. You know, we're allowed to start really taking ownership of our own mental health. I think some of that really spoke to me because I know, especially around the holidays, you're so focused on 
that kid side of yourself and reliving things and seeing people from your past. And and you can often forget to really empower yourself. So I really liked um, her comments around that. I think uh, in terms of the winter blahs, one of the things that she's reiterated to me that made a lot of sense was getting outside and trying to find something that's enjoyable, especially for kids, you know, trying to get them into an activity that's outside and kind of enjoying that winter time as best you can so that, you know, I always admire people that are skiers that when they see it starting to snow, they're like, oh my gosh, yay, it's starting to snow. We're going to get, you know, some fresh stuff on the, the hills. And for me, I'm always like, oh no, it's starting to snow. I hate driving in the snow. I hate cleaning it up. You know, like it's, it's such a negative reaction. Um, so I'm really going to do some thinking about how I can maybe make that something new this year. Um, and I think those those are some great ideas. So she did share with me some coping skills. I'm going to link those up into the show notes so that you guys could click on one of those lists if you're interested in seeing what some of the examples were in terms of the lists of coping skills that are out there. I think that's um, a great start for both the winter and the holiday stress, and it definitely makes sense to me. I hope that your holidays aren't stressful. I hope that the winter is not a big blah, but um, hopefully this will give you some ideas of things that you can do. And of course, there's always working with a therapist or some type of psychologist, or I'm sure there's a bunch of books out there that can help you to think about different kinds of tools and, and really get feeling good this holiday season. I think a lot of us are still coming back from the COVID time and things are still feeling overwhelming. That's at least how I feel. Um, you know, there's still so much that's being added on and we're trying to go back to the way it was, but it's different and we're just still trying to make it work. And it's a lot. It's a lot right now. So if you're feeling that, you're definitely not alone. I'm feeling that. I think, you know, from what Miranda was saying, it seems like others are feeling challenging times as well. So there's certainly validity in it and taking some time to figure out how to cope or working with somebody on that definitely makes a lot of sense. In terms of the podcast, my plan is to do some best of episodes in the next few weeks. I'm probably going to take a week off around Christmas, I would imagine. And then in the new year, we're going to head into a brand new episode on Panda's Pans, where Dr. Nancy O'Hara is going to speak to us about her new book, Demystifying Pans Pandas and um, have a couple episodes ready to go. So enjoy the holidays. Try to de-stress if you can. Try to um, feel the best that you can during this holiday season. So thanks so much for listening. If you found value in this show, you think, ooh, there's somebody else that's probably looking for tips around the holidays and tips around the winter time, please feel free to share the show. I've been so lucky lately to see more and more people downloading not just one episode, but, you know, 40 at a time and just kind of really going through some of the different information that we have. Certainly around Panda's Pans, those are the most popular episodes that I 
have. So please feel free to share the podcast and get those out there. It's so wonderful for the people that have given their time to be interviewed to have those less those episodes be listened to. Thanks a lot and have a good week. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at Sarah Lady Gluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore Gluten Free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit Kofi, ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Mm-hmm.